This, this is the Our Auto Expert Podcast. Find us on air, online, on mobile, and on your smart speaker. Please subscribe at ourautoexpert.com. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Now, here's the host of Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Nick Miles. Locally created, nationally celebrated from the northwest to the southeast, this is America's Car Radio Show. If it has a throttle, we'll feature it on air, online, on smartphone or on smart speaker. This is our Auto Expert, where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. I'm your host, Nick Miles, along with Truck Girl Jen. And we're here despite the fact that uh, our lives are full of smoke <laughs> and not the good kind, the bad kind. Uh, it's thick. It's uh, It's a very thick day today. But... The show will go on. We're going to talk about things to uh, enjoy, to take your mind off a little bit, and some things to touch on the smoky fires, which are up and down the West Coast. Uh, we, um, I am excited because it's not very often that a new Maserati comes along, but the MC20 is uh, their vehicle that they have unveiled this week, which is going hand-to-head with all of those supercar sports cars out there. We're going to get an inside look from Carl DeBoer, uh, he's going to tell us all about the vehicle uh, inside and out, and we'll find out you know, whether it's going to match up to the Lamborghinis, the Ferraris, the other vehicles of this world, whether it's going to be the supercar that we've all hoped that Maserati would come out with. Christopher Hand S- uh, Sr. is the product planner for Honda Odyssey, and this is a van that has been the number one seller in the United States. It's back again for another round. We're going to talk about the new Acura TLX. Uh, the TLX uh, 2006, I think, uh, we bought a TLS. Um, and the TLX is the latest generation of this vehicle. Um, it's the smaller of the Acura sedans, but an outstanding piece of machinery. I have been driving the Mercedes GLS 63. Um, this is a four wheel drive power machine. Unbelievable. Also, the Volvo XC90e electric uh, plug-in. Um, that's kind of called the T8. So Volvo uh, don't have a six-cylinder engine factory anymore. They only have four cylinders. So to supplement their four cylinders to make them perform amazingly well, they've put hybrid and sometimes plug-in hybrid engines in their vehicles. We'll find out whether the XC90 is a vehicle that you should consider driving, buying, owning. Uh, Charger. Uh, one of my favorite vehicles from Dodge. The uh, Charger lineup has been expanded this year. Ashton is going to join us. Ashton Munoz. Uh, Mun- Munoz? Munoz? Jen? Munoz? Munoz? Ashton Munoz. Really cool guy. Um, he'll tell us all about the new Charger lineup. Uh, new, new Rolls Royce announced the new Ghost coming soon. I get to drive it in a couple of weeks' time. Jerry Spawn, the head of Rolls Royce Public Relations, joining us on the phone. Anton Warwam will update us and tell us what's going on in the automotive industry. Some serious uh, allegations have been alleged against one of the major electric car companies this week. He's going to fill us in and exactly what that means, whether that's going to be their legal downfall. And also uh, Jamie Page joining us, uh, Jamie Page Deaton joining us, the executive editor of the U.S. News and World Reports, talking about the best cars for teens. Not sure I'd be buying my teen a new car. Um, Not sure I want to get my teen a car, but uh, at least at their first one. But he'll tell us the best cars if you're going to buy one for your teen and what that should mean to you. Um, So, Jen, good week. 
Did yeah. you enjoy your ride in the Mercedes GLS sixty oh, three? Like I said, an AMG is always good in the morning. It is. <laughs> I like the sound and the power, etc., etc., etc. Good reveal on the Merce- or the Maserati M twenty. Did you watch it? Yes, I did. Mm-hmm. I was there along with hordes of other people. Joining us on the phone now is Carl DeBoer. He is from Maserati. Uh, so finally, how how long has this been in the making? The MC twenty, Carl. Hey, Nick, great to uh, be with you again. Yeah, the MC20, uh, very excited for the, the brand that we're able to introduce this vehicle. I think everyone's been been rooting for us to reintroduce a supercar to the market. So this has been in development for, for around two years, um, but the Natuno engine, the all-new powertrain in this car, has been under wraps by our engineers under development since 2015. So, uh, so a long time, and uh, we're excited to finally unveil it to the world. Uh, so just give us uh, sort of the elevator pitch on the vehicle for those people that haven't seen it, uh, for those people that don't know much about it. Uh, big, big jump for you guys getting back into the sports car, uh, worthy successor to the MC-12. So tell us about the 20. Sure. So the MC-20, uh, we, we really see this car as the rebirth of maserati it's a new era a new beginning for the brand uh it's really energized us worldwide uh and all of our loyal fans uh are really excited about the about the brand and uh where we see this moving with the new car so the mc20 uh for for those listening who may not be uh as aware is an all-new super sports car for maserati uh you're right it it follows off the heels of the mc12 which was introduced and produced around uh 2004 2005 um but that had a ferrari powertrain in it so what we're doing and reintroducing with the mc20 is our all-new 100 percent design developed and will be produced powertrain by maserati and for maserati so really really excited about that it's been over 20 years since uh, Maserati has produced an in-house engine for one of our vehicles. And so we're excited to, uh, one, get back on the road with one of these incredible engines, and then, two, back into racing, as you alluded to. So we do have big shoes to fill because the MC-12 had 14 different championships under its belt. Right. So the MC-20, we're, uh, we're really looking for big things from the vehicle. And with this new powertrain, um, we're, we're expecting big things, and I think we'll, uh, we'll see them happen. Zero to 60 miles an hour in 2.9 seconds, a V6, 621 horsepower. So first question out of the gate, why a V6 and not a V8? Well, with the V6 engine, again, it's been under development since 2015. Obviously, uh, lighter weight, um, and we do have best-in-class power-to-weight ratio with the car. But but as you mentioned, the the stats are staggering on the Natuno engine. It's a 90-degree configuration for the V6. Very lightweight, uh, packages well with the vehicle overall. Um, but again, 621 horsepower and 538 pound-feet of torque out of a 3-liter V6 engine, that also gives us best-in-class specific horsepower. So there's 207 horsepower per liter in the wow. Natuno engine, and that's what really gives us uh, you know, that incredible 0-60 to 60 time. We, we also anticipate having a top speed of above 202 miles per hour. So uh, big things from the Natuno engine. Um, really an incredible uh, Formula One-derived technology. Uh, 
V6 is clearly the way to go. I mean, there's, there's plenty of uh, companies now making V6s that are super powerful. And of course, it's really about how much weight it takes to push. It's much easier to push a feather along than it is an anvil, of course. So <laughs> That's six, right. 621 horsepower, uh, probably pushing uh, a lot less weight than the family car. So that then obviously getting those speeds up as well. Uh, the doors are interesting, too. You decided to go for what I would call classic Italian sexy doors. Are we calling them scissor doors, or what are they called? Yeah, the the butterfly doors. I, I think it's one of the most striking design elements of the car. I, I mean, it's it's cool to uh, to see in person. Uh, you, you may or may not know, we actually just had a, a big event in New York City, unveiling it to uh, to media there. Uh, in concert with our, our live stream from Modena, and, and everyone continued to ask us to open the butterfly doors right. so that they could take photos of it with uh, with those open. But uh, not, not only does it look striking, but it also serves a practical purpose, which uh, you know I think it's pretty evident that there's better ingress and egress to the cabin space with the butterfly doors. But uh, yeah, absolutely worthy of the uh, the MC20, I think. So before we let our imaginations run away with us too much, let's talk about price and availability. I mean, is this going to be priced, uh, you know, more more or two or three times more than my house? And uh, is it going to be available to anybody but the rich and famous? Yeah, so so actually, uh, the car is priced at uh, two hundred and ten thousand dollars for the U.S. market, which is right on par with uh, with other supercars in the segment. So, what we really wanted to uh, to do with the MC20 was provide more power, uh, better performance, an all around more beautiful vehicle than our competitors, um, but at a very reasonable price uh, for the super super sports car market. So, uh, we think it'll be very compelling. Um, and so if anyone is interested in the MC20, I just encourage them to, to one, visit MaseratiUSA.com and then also see their local Maserati dealer. Um, it's, it's a car that will be available across the U.S. and, and Canada and North America. And uh, no, absolutely, Nick, uh, line up and, uh, and call your local dealer and uh, we'll get you in. I'll, I'll look forward to uh, taking a test drive and presumably a lot of the technology that is now showing up in the MC20 will trickle down into the rest of the Maserati family. That's right, and uh, it, it's really neat. On the MC20, we introduced two new screens. So they're both 10.25 inches. One's a full digital instrument cluster um, that actually changes based off of the drive mode that is selected by the driver. And then the other is our infotainment touchscreen, uh, which is not too unlike actually the new 21 modular touchscreens that we have with new Maserati uh, connectivity. Uh, you have over-the-air updates our new Maserati Intelligent Assistant. Um, all of these features will also be on the Maserati MC20 um, and Maserati's moving forward. So it, it is, it, it's absolutely cutting-edge technology, and we're very proud to have it in our vehicles. I am excited to uh, get some road time in this. I'm not sure whether that's going to be a possibility, but I would encourage you know uh, Maserati to get me into one of these vehicles because <laughs> I'd be more than happy to um, do a, a, t a TV <laughs> yeah, well, piece on it. 
Yeah, we'll do our best, Nick. Absolutely. All right. Thanks for spending some time with us. Carl Deborah is from Maserati. It is the MC20, the new supercar, which is going to be appearing in dealerships very soon. You probably want to uh, find out some more information and book a test drive in one. If that so falls into your stable, it so falls into my imaginationary stable. But I'm not <laughs> sure. I'm not sure <clears throat> if I was going to tell my uh, significant other I was going to spend two hundred thousand dollars on a car that might not go down so well. However, bucket list. It, it bucket list bucket list cars uh, still to come on the show lots of interesting car stuff you can listen to previous episodes of the show by going to ourautoexpert.com there we have the podcast and all our tv segments you're listening to our auto expert catch up with previous episodes of the show our website ourautoexpert.com you can hear all previous shows see our automotive videos and read insider car stories about your next ride. Our Auto Expert is where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. You'll find it all at OurAutoExpert.com. Uh, I'm kind of a fan of van life, especially if I have five dogs. Are you a, can- a fan of van life, Jen? Nah. Really? Nah. Your truck life? Yeah. But I'm a fan of van life. I do enjoy the van, and it looks like vans are increasing in their amount of utilities that you see them have in. It started off with a big jaw dropper that uh, Honda had a vacuum in the back. Uh, then it goes to uh, this, that, and the other. Uh, lots of new and fun and exciting things on the inside of the car. Joining us on the phone, Christopher Hand. He's a senior product planner for the 2021 Honda Odyssey. So, uh, Chris, this has been the best selling minivan in the United States for a while now. You're right, Nick. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm excited to uh, share a lot of updates on 2021 uh, Honda Odyssey. And you're right. We've been the number one retail seller for the last 10 years. Um, and we've only been increasing share uh, just since this generation had launched. We're now above 40% uh, market share within the segment for minivans. What's the it magic really comes down to? Yeah, what's ahead. the magic sauce? What what is what is Honda's secret? Because I'm sure your competition would love to know. Well, I really believe it's the audience that we're bringing in. The buyer is young families for us, and ultimately, minivans for the longest time have really been about family hauling and being able to fit all of your kids, all of your kids' friends, all of your kids' gear, everything else. And the package that we've been able to put together from the inside out with Odyssey has really been about families first, especially young families, so that we give them the best features to meet their needs and meet the flexibility of their lives. Is there still a stigma uh, for dads to drive the minivan? Does it still end up being mom who drives it, or is that stigma gone because of the all the cool mom? things? Yeah, the, the soccer mom the soccer stigma. Mom. You know, I, I have a friend who uh, owns a dealership who actually loves to drive his minivan, but I know some dads go, Whoa. They're actually really nice. It's just, you know, for me, I'm just a single person, so. Yeah, so is it is there a stigma, you think? I think that stigma has started to fall away a little bit for dads. We started to see in our data a little bit more that dads are the primary driver more than they used to be. Um, and I think that there's more of a stigma still with some women than there are with dads around it. Like the soccer mom aspect of it can still be there for, for certain people. Um, but when you have a young family, you really are looking for the best vehicle overall that provides all of the packaging and the versatility and the seating configuration. Right. Um, really having a very roomy and comfortable eight-passenger seating all the way back to the third row. Right. Some vehicles, like if you were to go to a, an SUV, 
that third row, even though you have it, may not really be usable or very comfortable for a lot of people. But in a minivan, you don't see that problem. And with Odyssey, we've really made sure that that comfort for all of the passengers, that flexibility within the second row for all of your passengers, especially for kids, is really there. And I think dads like that, but they also like then the cargo, the ability to haul things, the ability to take out that second row seat and really be able to maximize the cargo space. I don't think they have quite the same vanity in the, the ones that are buying within <laughs> uh, minivans. I don't think they quite have that as much as maybe in the past. Uh, you've refreshed the exterior for 2021, haven't you? Yes, we have. Uh, in the front, we have a whole new grill, uh, new headlights, uh, brand new um, LED headlights, which are standard now across the entire lineup for Odyssey. Um, and we've also been able to um, play with the fog light area, new bumper, um, to really improve the exterior look in the front. Um, and then we've also enhanced some of the wheels, too, and added new uh, wheels on the Elite trim. Uh, I also noticed that, you know, it looks a little more luxury, it looks a little more refined on the inside as well, but you've added uh, Honda Sensing now to all the trim levels. Yeah, we have. Uh, you know, with those young families and with Odyssey buyers in general, safety is really a top concern and a top priority. Um, and Odyssey's always been very strong in that regard. But we wanted to make sure that all of our buyers, not just uh, a good portion of our buyers are able to uh, get the experience and the safety and the confidence with Honda Sensing. And so we were able to make that standard, but we also were able to add new features from Honda Sensing from other vehicles into Odyssey. So now Honda Sensing comes with uh, adaptive cruise control with low speed follow, so it'll work all the way down to zero. And you're able to really improve the drive for people that are looking for those features that make you, make it more um, make you feel more confident and more sure when you're driving, give you more peace of mind. Is there still the availability of a vacuum? There is. The Honda Vac is still available, and it is on the Elite trim at the top. Um, and, you know, you, you mentioned how the, the vehicle's been getting more premium, and that Elite trim really brings in a very unique buyer, more of a luxury buyer. As you've probably seen, there's not any really on the marketplace luxury minivans. And so a buyer who maybe has the income or is interested in a luxury vehicle but really wants a minivan for their family or for whatever their needs are, uh, Odyssey is a great place to go, and our Elite trim really has appealed to that buyer, and we've only improved that further this year with new piping on the seats, uh, really nice um, perforated leather, uh, and other enhancements, auto-dimming side mirrors, to really try and improve the premium and luxury feel of that top trim for us. I, uh, I'm looking forward to actually getting to test drive one. I know that uh, you're probably shipping one up to me as we speak. Christopher, thank you so much. The vehicle's now trickling into dealerships, the brand new 2021 Honda Odyssey. If you're interested in one, starting price is around $33,000, or you can get it just below $50,000 if you go all the way up to the Elite version. I do like the cabin talk, by the way, Jen. You don't have to lean around and slap legs as much as you used to. You know, I, my, my mom would go, shut up 
and uh, slap my knees because uh, I was touching my sister. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you, they have features in there, so you no longer have to do that. All right, still to come on the show, lots more uh, car stuff. I also want to let you know that we do a lot of TV segments around the country. If you want to see those TV segments, including the brand new S-Class, we got a preview of the new S-Class, which was announced in Los Angeles uh, a few weeks ago. You can actually get an 11-minute walk-around of that vehicle. I'll show you some of the really cool features that you can see on it. And you can also see how the vehicle will raise itself up uh, to take the impact in a crash on the frame. All at OurAutoExpert.com. You're listening to the Our Auto Expert Podcast. This is our Auto Expert Radio show on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and you can start a conversation with us. Just direct messages at Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert is where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. Big news, the new Acura TLX for 2021 uh, is heading to dealerships towards the end of the month. Joining us on the phone is uh, Karina. She is from Acura. So uh, let's let's first of all ask this: uh, How well is the TLX doing for uh, Acura? Is it still the front and center vehicle that's getting the most interest, Karina? Hi. Good morning. Yes, it is. Um, we are very excited and looking forward to. We've been looking forward to September for a long time. Um, when we revealed the car back in May. There was a lot of excitement generated um, for the for the car and for its new redesign, and that sort of continued and carried through the summer. And now that we're finally in September, we're getting um, right up to the sale date, which is going to be September 28th. Um, so still a lot of buzz, and now that people are going to start to get behind the wheel, we're, we're really looking forward to it. I am excited because we own a 2006 TLS, and uh, my spouse has been eyeing this for a while. Uh, we is this the? It, it's pretty much the same vehicle, already close to the same vehicle that was unveiled about a year ago at uh, Pebble Beach. We saw that at the Quail, and this is the production version that is coming to market now, right? Yes, it is. And it takes a lot of that same design language. Um, so a lot of what you saw in the concept, a lot of those features that really grabbed your attention, the low wide stands, um, those are all going to transfer directly over to the production model. Um, and it looks, it looks fantastic. You look at it and it, you know, you get that the proportions um, come to life and um, it, it looks great. I uh, was all. I'm always amazed that Acura's concept vehicles and their production vehicles are so close. Mm-hmm. There's just usually one or two thing changes, like the wheels and the mirrors are the only things that change. But they're pretty much the identical uh, vehicles, uh, and you can get into this for a reasonable price. It's not a you know sixty thousand dollar sedan. You can get into it uh, below forty thousand dollars. Yeah, so we're starting, um, our price is going to start at $37,500, which is a great price point um, for all of the um, enhancements that have been made to this car since its last generation, you know, and, you know, comparing ourselves to the market, we um, have a lot of um, best-in-class features, and then still at this price point, so that's really great, and, you know, you get... um, the the car, like I said, is completely redesigned and it looks great. You get some awesome features like super handling all-wheel drive. You get an awesome um, ELS 3D studio audio system, which sounds great. Um, and and then what? Um, there's I two. Think is really neat. Awesome. 
Yeah, there's two engine choices, right? Is there two or is there more than two? So there's a two liter and a 3.5 liter, is that right? Yeah, so we have a two liter, uh, a two liter turbo engine, which is going to give you 272 horsepower, and that's going to be on the TLX that we'll see now. And then in the spring, we're going to get the um, Type S, and that's going to feature the 3.0 um, V6 turbo engine, and that one's going to max out and give you horsepower 355 at, 200, at 355 pound feet torque. That I'm I'm excited. If you don't mind, I'm going to wait for the S because I like my 3.5. I like I like my no, big uh, 3.0. 3.0. All right. They got they, rid of the 3.5. Yeah. Well, I I like the bigger <laughs> engines because I'm <laughs> greedy like that as well. Ten speed transmission. <laughs> so I'm guessing it's going to have good fuel economy and it's going to be very smooth as well, right? Yes, it is. Yeah, it has a ten speed transmission um, and um, it's going to yeah give you good fuel economy and be great on the road. Um, the Acura TLX, uh, this sort of the version of this car, has been around for about, um, I'm thinking about 35 years uh, in one form or another. Is that is, well, The brand's been around 35 years, but the car's been sort of the, the I guess, the pinnacle of the vehicle, even though you might sell, uh, the, like the MDX is probably one of your best sellers out there. This is sort of the, the vehicle next to the NSX that sort of represents the brand, isn't it? Yeah, it definitely is. It's a it's a, a major car for us. And if you look back at our history, like you said, if you go back 35 years, sedan performance has been a big part of Acura. And that was a huge focus um, when the team was looking at this vehicle and how to redesign it. It was really trying to infuse as much of our history and go back to our performance roots. Um, and that's why they, you know, proportioned it the way that they did. That's why they worked on the engines the way that they did um, to come up with this product that really resonates with our our history and who the brand is. I always like going to Acura events. Uh, when we did the RDX event in Canada, it was great to spend some time with Elliot Shiner, who uh, had worked on the ELS uh, system in the vehicle, the audio system. Is it still the uh, the same system? Does Elliot still get the chance to design the sound system for this? Yeah, he absolutely does, and he does all the fine tuning. Um, which takes, which you know, what he tries to recreate and focus on is having it, the audio system in this car and in our vehicle sound like, have the music sound like it's intended to sound in a recording studio, and that that means a lot to him coming from his background. And we spend so much time in our vehicles, um, especially in Southern California, and you know, just driving. We go on road trips, and music is such a big part of that. And this new um, audio system in the car is going to feature um, 17 speakers. And with a new design, a new feature is a twin Telford subwoofer design, which in the back of the dance, typically you get one subwoofer. Um, but what they've done, what Elliot's helped do with the um, TLX is kind of do a dual subwoofer design so that it, it eliminates some of that rattle that at times creates when you really crank up your music. I remember sitting with Elliot uh, in the RDX uh, and having a long chat. And, you know, we, we talk offline sometimes, too. But uh, if, if, if people don't know who Elliot is, uh, he produced Steely Dan's albums uh, back in the day. I think he's also did the Smashing Pumpkins uh, albums more recently. But he will put on songs there. And because he knows what the sound sounded like when he recorded them in the studio and he remembers the bass sound and he knows how he spent such a long time getting that perfect 
tracks sound right, that he actually now is able to sit in these vehicles and know what it should sound like once you're sitting in the vehicle. And it's interesting for me, when I get in the vehicle with him, he will always sit in a different place and he'll always listen to the vehicle. And and he doesn't necessarily put his own songs on either because once he's got the vehicle fine-tuned to the way he wants it to sound, then he'll put on music that he thinks accentuates the, ex- accentuates the sound of the uh, vehicle's system or the, the the vehicle system sound so it helps other music so he would he was playing bonnie Raitt when i was in the car with him because he said this mm-hmm. the, the bass sound in this car really lets you know how finely tuned these vehicles are as well uh, it's kind of a great capture now with, with having elliot shiner actually in doing the sound system for the car any audio file uh, loves the sound they get out of these vehicles it's not the only technical advancement that 17 uh, speaker els sound mm-hmm. system you also have put a huge screen in this a 10 point is it 10.2 inches HD? Yes, it is. It's a 10.2, and it pairs um, and becomes, you know, it's paired with the True Touchpad interface, which gives you the absolute position mapping. So the screen is kind of um, out of at the eye level for the driver, and you're able to control it down at the bottom with um, the True Touchpad, and, you know, it helps you keep Keep your eyes on the road, be less distracted, but still able to get to the apps and whatnot on as you as you're driving. When it comes to safety, Acura have also included your uh, Acura Watch suite of advanced safety and driver-assisted technologies with the addition of uh, the traffic jam assist, but also uh, road sign recognition. Um, this is something that helps a lot of people because road signs often get missed because the driver isn't concentrating. The car can actually read those and, uh, and let you know what they are, can't it? Yes, it is. It's really neat to be driving down the road. And then, like you said, you might be, you know, you have your eyes on the road. You're not necessarily looking off to the side to where the street signs are. And before you know it, in front of you, it pops up, you know, speed limit 35. And it gives you that reminder so that you just know um, what, how fast you should or shouldn't be going and, and just keep, um, keep safe on the road. Uh, the, now, the new TLX, uh, we already talked about pricing, starting just around $37,000 uh, with the super handling all-wheel drive. It's $39,500. If you want to go up to the advanced packages for the TLX 2-liter for the 2021, uh, you could pay as much as 48300 with the advanced. Do we have pricing yet on the S and the bigger engine when that comes to market? We don't yet. Um, we're still finalizing those details. Uh, the car will go on sale in the spring, but we have announced that it'll be in the low to mid 50000 All right. I mean, that's reasonable for a high-performance uh, mid-size sedan that probably goes up against the BMW 3 Series. I'm looking forward to uh, getting behind the wheel of any of these vehicles because I think uh, it's always stellar to drive a brand-new Acura. It's a good thing to do. Uh, that's Karina Gonzalez. She is from Acura. And that's the 2021 Acura TLX sedan. Uh, Jen, um, Acura, one of my favorites, but they don't make a truck, so you're kind of out of luck there. It's okay. You'll live through it? Yeah, I really like the 
I like this sedan. The, the TLX? Yeah, I do. Um, I actually like the TLX too, and, and still the uh, MDX, which is their larger SUV, still holds the record for the best uh, luxury or premium three-row SUV sales because uh, people absolutely adore that vehicle as well. Uh, by the way, just wanted to give you a little tip on uh, if you're driving anywhere that has poor air quality and fire regions, don't forget, uh, check your car's filter because uh, your filters will get full of dust and ash if you're driving through forest fire regions. We seem to have so many uh, in the United States right now. But uh, make sure that you change your filter out as much as possible to uh, keep your engine healthy, because if it's full of nasty stuff from the air, you could be causing your engine some damage. All right, more to come on our Auto Expert. As, uh, as the show continues, we're going to have uh, Rolls-Royce on the show. We're going to talk about new Mercedes and Volvo that I've been driving, plus the new Charger lineup. That's all coming on our Auto Expert. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Your smart speaker can be your radio. Just say, hey Google, hey Alexa, or hey Siri, play Our Auto... Here we go. Go away. Now I covered up my whole script. The impression is working, even huh? when I'm not trying. See? Go away. <laughs> Apparently, Siri does an impression of a toaster. There we go. Uh, and play our Auto Expert radio show. All the previous episodes of the podcast are available. Hours of endless fun await you. I'm Nick Miles. This is our Auto Expert radio show. Two million Americans get their automotive news daily from our Auto Expert. Uh, we drove in today the 2021 Mercedes AMG GLS. Um, the 63 version, the GLS class, I guess you would call it. Uh, performance tuning, a genuine Mercedes AMG. Uh, they have loosened up on the GLS uh, class, the SUV, uh, and from those sold, those sort of solid bones of the GLS, the 2021 GLS 63 comes powered by a fire-breathing 603 twin-turbo V8 luxury. Luxuriously, luxuriously appointed and spacious, it offers and uh, really great accommodations for the whole family. If you want to travel rapidly and really, really rapidly, the AMG has thrown all the te- and in AM- style and in style. AMG have thrown all the tech at this vehicle, including a 12.3-inch infotainment display and available semi-autonomous driving mode, a 48-volt hybrid system to help with the big SUVs performance. And of course, what would you expect from this big V8 roaring engine, including an amazing exhaust sound, the best in heads-up display, uh, and also what you would really expect out of some sort of hot rod SUV as well. Um, I haven't made Gen sick in this lately. I like to uh, put it into Sport Plus mode and floor it and have her scream and hang on to the seatbelt and look like she's about to throw up, although the GLS 63 starting price is deep, about $130,000. It's the six-figure crowd who will be buying this. We'd still suggest uh, a few options to make the whole family pleased. Um, The warm and comfort package is a nice bundle for those uh, in the northern climates as it gets cold. Heated door handle panels, uh, heated armrests, and heated center console. We also suggest the energizing package, which includes in-cabin fragrance diffuser, and acoustic comfort uh, package, which also increases the cabin 
insulation for a quieter interior. The uh, Mercedes-AMG also offers a host of standalone features that may catch your eye, including the uh, 23-inch multi-spoke forged wheels that look just like they came out of a designer's studio. So there's an awful lot of really cool stuff in this vehicle. Plus, it, you, if you know, Jen's a friend of yours, you can make a squeal. <laughs> what is your favorite feature of it? Of the SUV. Um, really? Did you really want me to tell you? Because you're, when I tell you, you're going to go, really? Let me guess the engine. No. What? What, what three words? Oh, God. Besides that. And the, well, the see, car... but I, I already pre-warned everybody that you would moan and squeal about it. Yeah, if you're not familiar vehicle. with what three, if you're not familiar with what three words, uh, every 10 foot square on the earth has a three word address. Go to what three words dot com and you can find it. You can find your own address. Every 10 feet has its own address. You can type those three words in and Mercedes or just say them to the car and the car will go to that 10 foot wherever it is on the earth. It'll if, navigate to it. And if you've listened to us before, Nick is obsessed with this. I think it's way. probably the most brilliant thing ever. Unfortunately, I'm the only one that thinks that. The 2020 Volvo XC90 T8 uh, is also in my fleet this week. It's a respectable 4.9 0 to 60 mile an hour time. Gorgeous interior. Volvo updated their third row plug-in hybrid. Uh, it's now more charming than ever. I will tell you that I want to see actually more. I want to see actually more coming uh, to this vehicle um, in the length you can get it of uh, the traveling on electricity alone, because it actually has uh, reduced. It, I think you do about. Uh, I'm going to say when I charge it up, I can do under about 15 miles, 16 miles on electricity alone. I burn through that pretty quickly. Uh, but then it goes into the hybrid mode. So, um, you know, it's it's pretty awesome, but it's uh, it's also uh, it's a difficult one to I like to see the vehicles do about uh, 20 to 30, maybe 30 to 40 miles on a single charge of electricity alone. Uh, I'm plugging it in. I did notice with the XC90 um, T8, the plug-in hybrid, when I plugged it in. So I went out and I, I wore it down to three miles. I came home or came back to the house. I plugged it in and it char it it I left it for a couple of hours. I came out and it had like 8 miles or 5 miles I think on it. So it took like uh, 2 hours and it added just a handful of miles. <laughs> Which uh, I'd like to see it add, you know. Obviously that was through just the regular plug, the 110 volt. And if you had a smart charger, it will do a lot better. I don't know, do you, how do you feel about plugging in a vehicle? I don't. You you wouldn't have one? No. Nope. No. I'm, no. In situations where, let's say, you had to evacuate your area due to the fire. But it's not just electricity. It's It supports you on small trips. So, True. You know, when you get around town in your truck, you could just use electricity alone. Oh, yeah. No, Ford are coming in with a plug-in hybrid vehicle. I know. Their truck. Yeah. It's going to be something Yay. they're going to have. I think so. it's great, but I like to have a full tank of gas. Yeah. I'm old school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you'd still have a full tank of gas. Mm -hmm. I mean, why would it stop you having a full tank of gas? Okay, so yay, I have a full tank of gas, and then what, 18 miles more? Yeah, mm. but it's also hybrid too, so you get your fuel economy up Okay, better. I do like the hybrids. I'm going to argue this until I die. I know. Wait, Jen, I know. you like to put out lots of environmentally unfriendly stuff, don't you? <laughs> Let's not even go there. <laughs> why do you hate the earth so much, Jen? I recycle. Yeah? I do. You think that does it? That's enough? No. 
<laughs> How did this go from cars to Jen being uh, environmentally sad? Because people enjoy it when I pick on you. I know. I get I get emails about it all the time. Do you really? Yeah. That's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, way to go picking on Jen today. Hey, but so. there's lots of other people that have this in tune, like Subaru, for, you know, they have the zero emissions building factory and, yeah the, the zero and they're working with the parks now the zero the what zero you, emission factory that's what they have well they're working with the national parks as well so i think it's great You're, i support him uh, you do <laughs> good for you jen i know uh but i still can't get you into a into a vehicle which has any kind of plug whatsoever no but you know that was the first time i was excited about a v6 engine when we were talking about the mc20 Okay. Because I, I own all V8s. <laughs> That'll reduce my carbon footprint, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, all your vehicles V8? Yes. In, including your sports car? Yes. All right. Yeah. So you're the most environmentally unenvironmental radio show host ever. Dot com. No. I recycle. Yeah. That, of course, that's clearly enough to save the planet. Even, even, even Jordan has a TDI. That's great. <laughs> you could. well i i you know it's really funny is because my family is we are all big you know earth conscious people we're clearly and, not and climate control and all this yeah yeah and you drive three v8 big vehicles my sister drives a hybrid i love my sister our auto expert <laughs> with real environmental cares more coming up <laughs> you're listening to the our auto expert podcast all right, we are locally created, nationally celebrated from the northwest to the southeast. This is America's Car Radio Show. If it has a throttle, we'll feature it on air, online, on smartphone, or on smart speaker. This is our auto expert, where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. I'm your host, Nick Miles, along with truck girl, Jen. Well, we always like to have uh, Ashton on to talk a little bit of, of Dodge. So uh, you guys... Uh, Ashton, you're probably very knee deep in stuff right now because you're you're you have three new products that hit Dodge, but the Charger is what we want to talk about today. Uh, still, you can still get the Charger at starting at twenty nine thousand dollars, but now it has a seventy seven hundred and ninety seven horsepower uh, SRT version, doesn't it? It does. We uh, we're very excited for 21 model year for Dodge. As you as you said, you know we have the Durango Hellcat, the Challenger Superstock. Uh, one of my favorite ones is obviously the the Charger Red Eye. And that's, you mentioned 797, near 800 horsepower family sedan. So that's the big story for Charger for 21 model year. I always thought it was great to do. Uh, you know, whether police police cars should be made with that much horsepower, but uh, but. Obviously, they become they come with quite a price tag, so police officers don't want to have uh, to pay that much for their vehicle. <laughs> They're looking to get as many cars as they can for the best dollar that they can. Uh, they still have to be obviously pursuit ready as well. Is there a limited number of of the seven hundred and ninety seven horsepower versions? No, and I mean, and that that just goes to show you the time we're living in now. And, and I we always say that the golden era for muscle cars, but there's no limit. We'll take we'll take and build as many uh, eight hundred, almost eight hundred horsepower family sedan chargers as, as we can. And then, uh, you know, the funny thing about it is, it's a family sedan. Isn't that great? <laughs> it, I mean, it is, and, and one of our lead developers on it, he, he says it the best, and, and it's a hundred percent true. 
one of his best lines is, I mean, you could take this Charger Red Eye or Hellcat or Scat Pack or RT or the V6 models, take it across the country in a road trip, stop at any racetrack or drag strip along the way, and actually excel at all of those things. That's uh, awesome. Uh, ultimately, too, though, this is not a car you buy your teenager, though, is it? No, it's not. I mean, this is obviously eight, almost 800 horsepower. Um, it's for the it's for the craziest of craziest uh, Dodge fanatics out there. They all do. All the SRT models do come with a black key, and the black key limits the horsepower. And uh, they there's definitely different modes you can set if you have a SRT or a Red Eye and you do have a family and you're trying to teach someone to drive, even though it's almost 800 horsepower, um, you know, when it's in normal mode or street mode or eco, it drives perfectly fine like a, like a, a 300 horsepower family sedan. Um, uh, ultimately, is there a way that you can reprogram those keys and give someone the red key but only have them 500 horsepower so they think they're getting all the horsepower but they don't wreck your car when you lend it to them? Spray paint. Well, so, you can, so you can. You can set the red key for different powers as well. Uh, the black key is limited, however. The black key won't go ever into full horsepower, but the red keys, you have that option. Full horsepower, limited. So there's a lot of uh, a different options you can go with it. You have a saying over at Dodge, like, if you know, you know. So if your friends know that you gave them the black key and there is a red key, are they still your friends? Like, this is complicated. Red key only. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'd like a fake red key that really had the properties of a black key so oh. they think they're getting everything, but um, they're not. Because honestly, I mean, I got plenty of friends who do not need 797 horsepower. They do not need it. Well, then don't loan not them. Not at all. Yeah. yeah, but then there's your friends, so you give them the key, and you're like, hey, if here's the red... If you gave me a black key, I'd be insulted. See? <laughs> you just made my case for me. Yeah, but I'm a little different. N- no, you're yeah, not. Yeah, I am. <laughs> real, friend, real friends give friends red keys. See, exactly. Ashton, you're causing problems here. No. This is dangerous. <laughs> Have you met my friends? I don't want to be well, hey, I mean, I know Jen's son knows there's there's a, a bunch of different charger models to go around. So and, and mm-hmm. if you don't need eight hundred horsepower, you can get into the RT or the scat pack or the GT. So the I just need to set you straight. And this is really important. Everybody needs eight hundred horsepower. They do. Yeah. So so again, if you're if you're <laughs> not buying the eight hundred horsepower, there's something wrong with it. We all need eight hundred horsepower. I just don't want my friends to have eight hundred horsepower, <laughs> which is mine and I paid for. Well, then tell them to get their own. Well, yeah, you can do that, but I still want them to be my friends. Mm-hmm. So you just told me in your own words, if I gave you the black key, you'd be insulted. Yeah. Right. Well. Right. right. I'm a Nawapa member. <laughs> Yeah, because that'll get you on <laughs> free nothing. <laughs> um, the Scat Pack is reasonable. It starts at 41000 And that was the volume seller for you for a long time, right? It is in the past few years. And actually, um, even more recently, the past month or so, it's had one of the best months it's ever had in, in the entire history of Charger Scat Pack. So, yeah, that Scat Pack model is on fire right now. Um, probably, I mean, everybody knows it has to do with that low price point. It's right over 40 grand, um, for near 500 horsepower and the wide body package is only 5,500 on top of that on the scat pack. So you can get a wide body scat for right above 45 grand. I love that wide body look. Yeah. I I think you should just abandon everything but the wide Mm -hmm. body look. I'm just, I'm just saying, um, wide body, everything. That's right. What do we know? Right. What are you talking about? <laughs> I've been wide body my whole life. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm staying away stay from there. that one. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm intending to stay wide body because we're much better looking as wide bodies. Uh, the, ultimately, the uh, the 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 price on the 797 uh, red eye is about uh, what eighty thousand dollars? Is where am I? Where are we yeah. talking? Yeah, it starts right under eighty, so seventy-eight five nine five. Um, and when you look at it, it seems it seems a lot up front, but when you see what you're getting and compared to uh, some of the competition, you actually can't get that kind of performance in the mainstream market. You you have to go to premiums that are some of them are nearly double, triple the price of of the charger and the performance that we're getting out of the red eye. But yeah, right under eighty, right above, uh, right right nine ish. So I have a question for you. Why isn't there a wagon version of this? Oh my god! <laughs> like, we, you I've could still take pretty kids. cool red eye wagon. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen some pretty cool renderings online. Right? See, even yeah. you agree. <laughs> can we? Who? Shall I text Tim now? I can text the president of Dodge, text, Tim Kaniskas. Text. 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 Text Tim, yeah. and I'll ask him for a wagon. <laughs> Uh, if you can help us out, maybe we can do, you know, a little special model. It'd be the <laughs> everyone loves the wagon. Dear Nick, Nick Tim, Miles had Ashton wagon. had Ashton on the radio today. He says, no. "Could you please build a wagon? Send." All right, so that's taken care of. Send. And the, the hey, next. Send. The next question is, you're going to get a phone call any minute now from the president of Dodge. No. Uh, the, ne- the next question is, uh, why, why don't we have a Viper? Uh, I mean, as, as of right now, we we do have two Halo cars. So the Red Eye is our story for 21 right. and Super Stock. They're two of the fastest cars ever produced. So uh, I hear what you're saying on the Viper. I've been looking at old ones to, to possibly purchase here. So I'm also a, a fellow Viper addict. So... You know but that you building, you have that building uh, on your campus, your Dodge campus is that little building that sits off to the end of the campus, the Maserati building. You know that yep, one? Yep. You know they oh, just yeah. introduced a new MC20, which is their new supercar? Just I saw saying, that. That's pretty nice. Just saying, if Maserati can have a supercar, <laughs> why can't Dodge have a supercar? Dear Tim. That is a good point. Right. I'm texting Tim Kaniskas, the president could, of Dodge right now. But then it right wouldn't now. be a family vehicle. I don't care about family vehicles. <laughs> I just want to go fast and I want 800 horsepower. What's this family thing? Jen, how many in your fa- household? Me. Right, yeah. How many people do you need to carry in your car? Me. Right. Shush. But the it's, family thing. But it's insurance. Ashton, do you have kids? Four car- I do not. I have a bunch of motorcycles that are my children. Hi. We should be friends because I have a bunch of motorcycles that are my children too. <laughs> I, I was uh, riding my Harley around this morning. I've been to a, a car show and a motorcycle show already. Today. You should uh, you should come ride my Triumph. I have a Triumph Boba, twelve hundred cc. Have you seen the new R eighteen from BMW? Oh yeah, uh, one of my buddies drove a R nineteen this morning. All right, so the the is it the R nineteen? Is the R anyway? The new motorcycle. I just watched a review on it, eighteen hundred cc's. It's bigger than small cars now. Right. You should see the engine actually protrudes beyond the rider's legs. That's how big the engine is. Uh, it, it's like your legs sit behind the engine because it's a forward engine. It's, uh, it's amazing. Anyway, uh, so, you don't need, so you don't need four seats, do you, in your household? No, I don't need four seats, but it is, it is useful. And actually, all of our cars have five. Yes, but who cares? Insurance the, is You just need two. Corridors. You and a date, occasional date, or you and a dog. You, <laughs> you and the dog. That's all you need. That's. I'm just saying, 
Uh, all I need is a second seat for the occasional passenger. Most of the time, I'm on my own. And if you're already making an 800 horsepower five seater, why can't you have a you know a much bigger two seater? Take away the back seats, and I'm just I'm just Isn't saying. That a I'm just saying, dude. I'm just we'll saying. We'll have to get you. We'll have to get you out here to help us uh, help us with some development. Done. Booking my ticket, dear Tim, coming out to help you develop new product. The uh, Nick wagon. <laughs> No, that would be too egotistical a Nick Wagon. Nick, Nick, Nick and Ashton invent cars together and get in big trouble. There you go. That's the new, oh, yeah. that's the new series. That's a, that's a new Fox Sports show that I'll be doing. I'm just saying. Uh, that's exactly what happened. Ashton, it's always an absolute pleasure having you on. Uh, I would suggest that you go to your local Dodge dealer and test drive the new Chargers. And if you want to get into a Red Eye, if they happen to have one uh, as a demo model, which they should be getting in the near future, you should go test drive it too. But make sure that pesky little salesman gives you the red key. Because if he gives you the black key, <laughs> don't buy it. Go to somewhere where they'll let you drive it with the red key. That's all I have to say. Ashton, thank you very much if you want to listen to more episodes of the show all you need to do is go to ourautoexpert.com you can see all of our tv segments our national radio segments and all of our social media it's one simple phrase our auto expert you're listening to our auto expert Catch up with previous episodes of the show, our website, ourautoexpert.com. You can hear all the past shows, see automotive videos, and read insider car stories about your next ride. Our Auto Expert is where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. You'll find it all at ourautoexpert.com. Well, just a short time ago, Rolls-Royce rolled out their brand new Ghost. It was the last vehicle in the lineup that uh, was to be refreshed. And an exciting vehicle at that. It's one of the core vehicles of of the British luxury brand. In fact, the world's most famous luxury brand, period, not just luxury car brand. And Jerry Spahn joining us on the phone to talk about the new Ghost. Uh, Jerry, finally, we can make all of the details public. So let's ask you this. At the start of the interview, great reception. How did the audience take the brand new Ghost? Well, Nick, Jen, it's great to be back. And you know what? The past two weeks have been so hectic because our clientele and I think luxury lovers around the world have been thrilled with the new Ghost. It's it's just been a phenomenal uh, reception. You know, after the last few new members of the family we've had, we knew people would love to see it. But it's it's really been amazing at how well and how excited people are to see new Ghost. The new Ghost has uh, a lot softer, more uh, Rolls-Royce appeal, I think, than the last one did. Uh, but it also doesn't just come with a new look, a new design, a, a more family-oriented uh, presence being. It comes as the most technologically advanced Rolls-Royce yet. That's true, Nick. You know, what, what's amazing for Rolls-Royce has been the adoption of our architecture of luxury. This is a dedicated architecture. It's a dedicated structure around which we build every Rolls-Royce from now on. It's only used today with the Rolls-Royce Phantom, the Rolls-Royce Colonel, and now Ghost. And that's that, what's been great about it is it allows us to bring a lot of technology into Ghost, you know, ranging from all-wheel drive technology. We have rear-wheel steering. We have um, a, just an incredibly 
incredibly sophisticated adaptation of our V12 6.75 liter engine. And it's a, it, it just created a car that is technology, but it's also created a car that is just incredibly relaxing, incredibly detoxifying. One of the things that Rolls-Royce is famous for is the buttons on the inside that allow the uh, doors to be closed from the seating position so you don't have to reach forward and tug them in. But I noticed in some of the literature on the brand new ghosts that Effeslet, Ingress and Egress, now the doors electronically open as well as close. That's right. And that's, that's one of the benefits of this new architecture is the way it works is when you pull the door, when you pull the lever, you gently nudge the door open, and then the motor will take it the rest of the way. So, you know, a lot of times when people are going out in their Rolls Royce, they're going out for an occasion, or, you know, let's face it, the Rolls Royce, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a car where you don't want to have to exert yourself in any, any effort, um, in any portion of getting in, getting out, or while you're driving it. So it's a, it's a nice, wonderful, effortless touch. Um, we have the, um, you know, the, 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 as you mentioned, the self-closing doors, and that's important because the doors are large. So it's, um, it's another little advantage of the architecture of luxury. Uh, let's jump to the interior because that doesn't disappoint either. Uh, still all the attributes that you expect from a Rolls-Royce with the luxury, the hand-refined uh, finishing, uh, the hand-built, um, beautiful stitching, uh, but it also has uh, things like tables and screens in the back to make sure that whatever your purpose of being in the back of this vehicle you are not limited in the technology or the ability to work in the back or play in the back yeah that's right. well you can work you can play um what's beautiful about this you, you know of course we have the picnic tables we have a uh, touchscreen 12 inch led touchscreen um, there's the option to put a, um, a cold box, a cooler there for your bottle of champagne or your bottle of water, whatever it might be. Um, what's the most amazing thing about the interior, though, is kind of this post-opulent design touch. There's, it's a very comfortable interior. I mean, the, the handcrafted leather is all done um, as you would expect out of a Rolls-Royce, but it's very, very calming, very detoxifying, as a word I used earlier. This post-opulent um, theme is something that we found people don't want flourishes our clientele don't want you know little gimmicks they want a simple clean luxury um, for example we've done the longest ever single run stitch from side to side in the leather piece that goes over the uh, dashboard the fascia as we call it in a rolls royce and that stitch is absolutely straight and so you can imagine only in goodwood home of Rolls royce do we have the craftsmen that can execute the interior um, quality that we expect out of rolls royce uh when i drive it in a few you know weeks time what should i be looking for well it's what you should be listening for and one of the things about the ghost is it's just an incredible it's always been my favorite car to drive my favorite everybody asks is the rate your favorite world's race to drive has always been ghost but with the new ghost the silence uh as a matter of fact with the new engineering in the car uh we had to actually go back in and engineer resonant noise the the architecture had taken the car at one point too quiet to where people were getting unnerved they were getting a little bit of imbalance in their ears so we, had to, we went in with the architecture. We tuned everything from the seat brackets to the, uh, the rails, the aluminum rails on the underpinnings of the car to create a very, very subtle but a distinctive um, oral tone 
when you're driving it. It's something that's not not wearing on you, but it's something that's soothing to you. So I want you to take pay attention to that. And then when you're driving, what you're feeling is a brand new suspension. We call it the planar system. We've added a uh, upper wishbone. Um, a, uh, it's an extra upper wishbone uh, suspension system on the top of our four-point independent air system uh-huh. that's just created the most quiet, most smooth, the, the most wonderful, um, you know, what we call magic carpet ride of any Rolls Royce. I cannot wait to get my hands on one and uh, leave it in as good a condition as you gave it to me. But see all these great things. I'll be driving the brand new Rolls Royce in the next couple of weeks or so. And uh, also seeing if it performs and meets the ghost standard, which, of course, you already know the answer to that question. Of course it does. And, Jerry, I look forward to spending some time with you in Austin and uh, getting to know the brand new ghost. Nick, we can't wait to have you in it, and I really do want to know what you think, what you feel, and what you hear. I'm sure if it made it this far, Jerry, it's probably pretty perfect already, but we'll look forward to spending some time with you. If you want to spend some time with us, OurAutoExpert.com is the website. Previous episodes of the show are available, plus our TV segments. You can see those, and of course, you can subscribe to the website and get automatic updates over the web. You're listening to the Our Auto Expert Podcast. Your smart speaker can be your radio to say, hey, Google, or hey, Alexa, or hey, Siri, please play our auto expert radio show. All the previous episodes of the podcast are available. Hours of endless fun await you. I'm Nick Miles. This is our auto expert radio show where two million Americans get their automotive news daily. Uh, Truck girl Jen is with us and joining us on the phone is Anton Wallman. He's an independent analyst and investor. He uh, also has some very interesting news when it comes to uh, Nicola. Uh, now, Anton, why don't you explain to us, sort of bring us up to date in what's been going on with uh, Nicola and uh, who they are and why they should be worried? Yeah, so Nicola is a company that essentially went public at the beginning of June of this year. Their claim to fame was that they had uh, this hydrogen technology that they were going to deploy first in very large trucks and sell these trucks to uh, large companies like Anheuser-Busch and others that had very specific routes, long routes where they needed to transport their goods. And they would build these hydrogen stations along those routes after these companies prepaid them essentially for uh, a fixed price where they threw in the price of the truck, the cost per mile. They would essentially sell the the vehicle, including the cost of the fuel. And these deliveries were scheduled to begin roughly by the end of 2023. Now, so they went public on this thing, and they had also a couple of other smaller projects that they had shown off, uh, most notably a pickup truck, which was going to be delivered in at least two variants. One, which was going to be fully electric, because they also claimed to have some sort of battery technology. And secondly, it would be in an electric slash hydrogen hybrid. Now, they said that they would announce a manufacturing partner that would manufacture this truck. And that's what they announced a few days ago, where General Motors said that they will engineer this truck and manufacture it and then sell it on a cost-plus model to Nikola, which would then be responsible for essentially just selling and marketing the truck to consumers. So that's what happened in the early part of the week. And the most amazing part of that announcement was that General Motors said 
forget about Nikola's hydrogen and battery technology. We're going to be using our own in this product. So for all the talk for many, many years now of Nikola having this hydrogen and battery technology, it wasn't actually going to be used in the product. So many people were starting to ask the question, well, if they weren't going to use the only technology that they had that was their claim to fame, what did they really have? Well, as it turns out, we would only need to wait a couple of days. And then there uh, was a report published that claimed that essentially Nikola's all technology claims were to some extent or another relatively fake. And that's when the story took a next and most surprising turn. So, Nick, uh, should we go into... uh, uh, what that really meant and where we stand at this point. Yeah, so uh, clearly it, it sounds like there was some mis- misleading information that was released. Um, how serious is it now going to be for the company and for the, the people who made those allegations? So uh, Nikola hasn't really responded yet. So I typically in situations like this where there's some allegation made as to whether a company or a person who's running the company has been telling the truth or not, I tend to like to want to wait until they have uh, actually responded. The way that this happened here just a couple of days ago was that the CEO and of the company, or I guess he technically isn't the CEO anymore, he's the chairman or whatever title he has, but he's clearly the dominant man behind the company. And he said that, oh, just give me a couple of hours here and uh, I'll be able to cobble up a response that will really show everyone that uh, all of these allegations are worth absolutely nothing. Well, a few hours went by and he said, well, we need uh, we need till tomorrow. And then it comes the next day and he said, well, on advice of counsel, <laughs> on advice of counsel, uh-huh. I can't really respond at this point. So uh, you can sort of see where this is leaning that Something here is not quite right, and we can't quite say with absolute certainty to what extent that uh, some of these allegations are true, all of them, or a very few number of them. I mean, the truth is, as always in some of these cases, that there is probably a lot of nuance in terms of what he said and escape clauses and all of that stuff, fun stuff that I'm sure that at some point here we will hear more about. But so far, the company could have come out and said, look, some of these things are pretty simple yes or no cases. So, I mean, was the product real when they showed it? Did it work or did we just push it down a hill in Utah so we could film the truck rolling down and we made it look like this truck was actually functioning? All of those things the company probably could have very easily debunked, and they didn't. Now, keep in mind, furthermore, that some of these claims, they had actually been out there for, in some cases, more than just a few months, in some cases, a year or two. So some of these claims had actually been circulating for a while, and the company hadn't uh, really uh, done anything to refute them. Um, the, but the difficulty becomes where, first of all, they're a publicly traded company, but second of all, there there is a, a, an increased seriousness of this because they sold portions or, or GM got involved in ownership discussions, which then becomes, did they do their due diligence in checking out what they were getting involved in was genuine? Yeah, I mean, to some extent, I, I, I mean, this doesn't look good at the initial surface for GM, but consider this. GM didn't pay a penny to these guys up front. They're essentially getting 11% ownership of this company in exchange for engineering this 
truck and then to manufacture it, all GM is going to do is to make this truck and then sell it to Nikola on a cost plus model, say whatever cost they paid plus some number, 10 or 12% or something like that. So GM actually, they pay, and, and they're, uh, GM is going to engineer this based solely on their own GM technology. So to some extent, you can say that from a technical and economic and financial standpoint, uh, GM hasn't really been bamboozled here. What, what, what is bad for GM is the look of it all. I mean, they got in bed with this guy who is now accused of having exaggerated his capabilities. And I'm sure this is not a look that GM sought out to uh, be seen in, given what has transpired here. So GM may just be quiet for a while and let this thing sort it out. But GM isn't losing any money here as a result of this. So ultimately, though, you know, a contract in the United States has to benefit both parties. So they they did have some beneficial stuff with this vehicle uh, or with this uh, with this trade. But ultimately, uh, no cash has been laid out. But at the same time, they are probably going to be pretty upset where they, you know, the truth comes out. Uh, they may not have been getting into uh, involved in a deal where everything was quite transparent. Yeah, so Nick, you may ask yourself, what does GM get out of this if if Nikola isn't actually supplying any technology? What's the point of all this? Now, I'll give you just one nugget that is uh, uh, rather important, and that those are the uh, U.S. tax credits. You know that each manufacturer uh, has all of these tax credits, seven thousand five hundred dollars per vehicle that they can use, and after you hit about two hundred thousand, they start phasing out. And GM, of course, uh, they lost all of their tax credits uh, now over a year ago. I think it's about a year ago when they lost the final remnant of all of these tax credits. So when you buy a Chevy Bolt or, or equivalent, you're, you're not getting anything. But with this arrangement with Nikola. Nikola is able to take advantage of this, you know, selling 200,000 or more of these pickup trucks, and GM can essentially funnel some of this benefit to its own pocket, uh, essentially getting around this limitation. So this little thing in the background uh, serves as a, as a motivator for why GM would get involved in such a deal when seemingly there would be no technical reason otherwise for doing so. All right. I'm sure everything will become more clear as time progresses. Uh, Let's jump to some VW news. ID4, ID3 uh, news this week. Yeah, basically, after a few weeks of um, registering a bunch of test cars and demo cars all over Europe, uh, Volkswagen actually commenced the real consumer deliveries yesterday, and in some of these countries, we've already seen early indications that you know many, many, many hundreds of units have been uh, delivered here in just the first, let's call it, 24 hours. So certainly deliveries are underway. Furthermore, they have now shown some more footage and some more testing procedures and off-road performance of the ID4, which is the off-road version of the ID3 that we will be seeing here in the United States starting in December. So uh, clearly Volkswagen, after many troubles and travails and delays, uh, are underway with this major multi-multi-billion dollar program that will result in tens of millions of electric vehicles sold over the next handful of years. Um, do you think Volkswagen are going to push forward and uh, and keep the momentum going after the ID3, ID4? The die has been cast. So numerous models based on this format, um, this platform, uh, are deep in the works. There's already an ID6, which is essentially a Volkswagen Atlas that is all electric that has been shown out there, and many, many more models to come under all of their brands from Volkswagen to Skoda to Seat as well. 
Uh, and it sounds like uh, there is also some uh, video teases uh, this week of them driving, the ID4 driving off-road in a durability test. So it looks like uh, they're going to go for every possible market as well. That's correct. Absolutely. So a wide range of models with a wide range of body styles, performances, and price points. I'm looking forward to it. Anton Wallman is an independent analyst and investor. You can read the majority of his stuff at, uh, the, of course, Seeking Alpha or The Street. Uh, he's a very intelligent man, and he knows all of the inside stories. We'll be looking forward to seeing how the uh, whole Nikola uh, I guess we could call it Nikola Gate uh, fairs over the next few weeks and uh, find out if the company is able to uh, come up and answer many of the questions that are now being asked of them. If you want your questions asked uh, answered about cars, ourautoexpert.com is the place to go. You can read the articles that we have about new cars. You can watch the videos from our television broadcasts and listen to this podcast. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. This is Our Auto Expert Radio Show. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can start a conversation with us, ask us a car question, just direct messages at Our Auto Expert, where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. I'm Nick Miles, along with Truck Girl Jen. Are you thinking about getting your teen into a vehicle? Um, maybe, maybe not. I'm not sure. Uh, Jen, you did this with your child, didn't you? Got your child into a vehicle? Yes, I did. Um, ultimately, you have to think about getting your teen into a vehicle at some point. I'm not sure that I would want my teen being in a brand new vehicle, but Jamie Page uh, has a list of vehicles. For, uh, she's from, new, uh, from US News and World Report. They're best cars for teens. Uh, so let's ask you this question, uh, Jamie. Uh, do you would you put your teen in a new car or used car? Because I'm I'm split over this whether or not we should do either. Well, I, I've got a question, or a, a, my point would be: don't necessarily put them in either. The first question <laughs> yes. you should be asking yourself is not: should I put them in a new car or should I put them in a used car? It should be: is my teen ready to drive at all? Yes. Uh, because for a lot of teens, you know, they're not ready to drive. They're not ready for the responsibility. And the best car for them, honestly, is a bus pass. Right. And, <laughs> that and would be my that would be my answer to that. Now, if you if you do you know if you if you know your kid, they're responsible. You think that they um, can handle the responsibility of driving. They understand the risks. They understand um, you know the seriousness of of what driving a car means. Then you want to go for the safest car that you can afford. And for some people, it's going to be a new car. For some people, it's going to be a used car. Um, so it really just comes down to, you know, what makes the most sense for your family. Uh, I like that approach to, I don't think my teen should be available to date either or, uh, you know, or spend money on things I don't want them to spend money on. But unfortunately, those things are completely out of my hands. Maybe the car has a little more control. So let's go through some of the uh, best 2020 new cars for teens, according to uh, U.S. News and World Report. Uh, take us through the list and tell us why these vehicles made the list. Sure. And just so, you know, your listeners know, these, these range in price from under $20,000 to um, from thirty-five dollars to $40,000. Now, we're not saying you should spend $40,000 on a car for a teenager, but if you're in the market for a car for yourself and you know that within a few years your teen's going to be driving it or you're going to be sharing it with your teen, those are the cars really that fall into that category. And all of the cars on the list, the reason that they make um, the list is because they have the best combination of safety ratings, reliability ratings, 
um, recommendations from professional automotive critics and the availability of advanced safety features that can both, um, you know, potentially uh, prevent a crash, lessen the severity of a crash, and help teenagers develop their skills and stay safe while they're doing it. So starting um, at the least expensive end of the list, we've got the 2020 Honda Fit. This is a car that's going to go away after this year, unfortunately, uh, but it's got a great flexible interior, very good gas mileage, very reliable. This is one where you could you know, buy it for um, a 16-year-old to use, and they could drive it you know, well into their first job after college. We also have the 2020 Toyota Corolla. This one a little bit less flexible on the interior, but it has um, certain things like an app that parents can use to monitor their team's driving behavior. Um, and again, super-duper reliable, long-term investment. This is one, again, too, where you could buy it for a 16-year-old and they could drive it until they're 36, you know, bring their first kid home from the right. hospital in it. Right. <laughs> if you're looking for um, an SUV, you know, from twenty dollars to $25,000, you've got the Ford Escape. Ford has this really interesting MyKey system, yeah. and basically with it, you can um, set up your kid's key so that things like the radio won't play until all the seatbelts are buckled, or the car won't go over a certain speed when that key is used and you set that speed. Um, so that's a really great way to kind of put some training wheels um, on, on your new driver. We also have um, in the twenty-five dollars to $30,000 range, the 2020 Kia Optima. This is a great sedan, and it also has a smartphone app where the car will alert you if it's driven, say, past a certain time of night that you've set or over a certain speed or outside a geographic area. You can also open up the app at any time and say, huh, you know, Jenny said she was over at Sally's house, but I see she's at Jim's house. Maybe I need to call her and, and see what's up. Right. Uh, we also have, you know, from twenty-five to $30,000, the Kia Sportage makes a good SUV um, going to $30,000. And again, this is getting into the range where these are more cars for parents. If you want your kid to use it sometimes, you know that it's a safe car for them. We've got the Hyundai Sonata and the Nissan Rogue. The Sonata has, again, an app very similar to the Kia's app um, where you can monitor the car. So you can have conversations about how your child is driving, even if you're not in the passenger seat. Right. And the Nissan Rogue has a lot of active safety features, automatic rear braking, automatic forward braking, lane keeping assist. So, you know, when your child makes a mistake, it doesn't have to be um, a mistake that results in a crash because the car is helping to keep them, um, you know, focused and on the road. And then from thirty-five dollars to $40,000, we have the 2020 Toyota Camry Hybrid and the Hyundai Santa Fe. The Santa Fe is a three-row SUV, so this is one, if you're looking for a family car that your team drives occasionally, this is a great one. It's got that app, again, where you can track where, the, where your child is. And the Toyota Camry Hybrid, again, has so many active safety features that can help prevent or lessen a crash. And um, this is one, you know, you could buy it for yourself. It's, you know, it's stylish. It's roomy. You can feel fine, you know, driving your coworkers or clients around in it pass it down to your child, they can take it on into, you know, their first job um, even after college and keep driving it for years after that because, you know, the Toyotas, they're pretty bulletproof. I begged, I begged my adopted son, Michael, not to buy a Ford Mustang, but he decided that that was the car he wanted and he's now paying for it because it's been in the shop for a week so uh, or a month. So if you're going to buy a secondhand or a used vehicle for your teen, what's the recommendations under that category? 
Yeah, this is great, too, because you can, so a lot of these um, advanced safety features um, are now becoming so common that even if you go for a car that's a couple of years old, you can still get things like forward collision warning, forward automatic braking, and lane keeping assist. So if you're looking for a large car, and this is something that we actually recommend a lot for parents is get the biggest car that you can afford for your teenager, because the bigger the car, the larger the crumple zones. So in an accident, your child is better protected. So for large cars, uh, used cars, we've got the 2017 Kia Cadenza. It is a big sedan. Right. I mean, it is comfortable. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those cars, too. It's, it's not, I will say, the coolest car on the block, but you also don't want your kid to have the coolest car on the block. Absolutely. Because you don't want something that's going to, you know, tempt them to drive too fast or pile all their friends into it. Um, if you're looking for a midsize car, the 2016 Toyota Camry and Camry Hybrid are our top choices there. For SUVs, a midsize SUV like the Kia Sorento has all of the active safety features available. Um, and as you're shopping these used cars, you know, a lot of these, these features were options when these cars were new. So you want to make sure that whatever particular one you're looking at has the safety features that you're looking for. Yeah. Um, for small cars, the 2016 Toyota Prius, um, this is really great. You know, if you're, you or your child is concerned about the environment or simply just wants to save money on gas, the Prius is a great small car um, to learn to drive in. And it's not a very fast car. So right. um, it's going to keep your kid out of trouble just by virtue of not being tempting. Yes, <laughs> I, I will. I will tell you that my ideal car for my uh, child is a Mack truck because it doesn't go very fast. And uh, and of course, you cannot overcome science uh, because it will. T if something hits that thing, they probably won't even notice. Uh, if you want to read more about these cars, of course, you can go to uh, their website, US News and World Report. Uh, Jamie giving us some of the rundown of the vehicles best for your teens on the list. I thank you for joining us. If you'd like to join our auto expert, we're here 24-7 at OurAutoExpert.com. You can read all of these articles about vehicles, plus you can see our television reports from around the world. It's where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. You've been listening to Our Auto Expert with Nick Miles. Find all the show episodes at OurAutoExpert.com. Please follow us on all social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at OurAutoExpert. And message us for a quick and witty response.